Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The guys talk the greatness of Tiger Woods, free cruises, and accounting for the goalie. They recap the championship game 24 hours early, save silica packets, and try to figure out thank you notes. All that and more this week on Just Press Play. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Well, he's got to have one. He's about to win. He's playing for this guy. That's not unnecessary roughness. It was a completely necessary roughness. I mean, it's a good point. The main run for 170 yards is what he got credit for, but he, he walked and ran a total of like 300 yards. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it came out of my face, I knew how dumb that was. All right, and here we are, another week of the Just Press Play podcast, and we're recording this on April Fools. And guys, I've already been got All right. Anthony Davis, Mister Unibrow, <laughs> put out yesterday that he was shaving his unibrow after he posted. So he posted a Twitter poll on like last Wednesday, and it was fifty-one to forty-nine percent shave the unibrow. So yeah. he sha- he put a video of him shaving the gap, and it was clever the way he did it. The video falls down right as he's about to shave it, and then when he picks his phone back up, it looks like it's gone. It looks like a normal brow. Looks like it's gone. Yeah. yeah. And then today he posted a picture saying, April Fool's, you know I'm never getting rid of the unibrow. <laughs> and it was all a big Red Bull sponsorship. They were part of the whole thing. So, I mm. hand up. I've already been got on April Fool's. Yeah. Busted. But let's go ahead and start this off with best and worst of the week. L, do you have a, a best of the week? Well, my best of the week is uh, this silly little podcast hit four digits of total downloads. Hey, oh, shout out to you guys. I don't know. This is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is just a stupid little thing that we've always wanted to do. And we I assumed we'd have about two digits worth of downloads by this point. And we got four. And that's not like a lot, but that makes me really happy. I I really appreciate everybody listening. This is in the immortal cool words job. of Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so so the best of the week from L is the the just press players out there. Yep. Yep, that's it. That's, that's a good it. one. You guys. Right, that's a good one. What you got, dad? Well, actually, and we're going to get into this some, but um I went to an Indigo Girls concert. All right. Um, Tammy's really into them and I've heard a few of their songs and uh I like them. I actually do. It, it's two women yeah. with mainly acoustic guitars and an, a, a beautiful harmony. I mean, it was amazing sound. It was a beautiful yeah. sound. And so my best of the week is I got to hear the Indigo Girls sing Closer to Fine live. Very cool. And that was amazing. It was my best of the week. Very cool. That's pretty sweet. All right. 
Well, my best of the week is I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> my, I have I have the best timing of when to watch women's college hoops and UConn in specific. So I've watched them twice in the past year. And one time was, was on March 31st, 2017, when Mississippi State, who ended up being the champion last year, snapped their 111-game winning streak, beating the Huskies 66-64 to on an OT buzzer beater by Morgan Williams. It was a fantastic game, really fun to watch. Well, exactly a year later, on March 31st, 2018, the Huskies played Notre Dame in the Final Four, and... Let me just tell you, that was the best basketball game I've watched this year. Wow. It was freaking fantastic. UConn was, they, they bounced back pretty well from their uh, heartbreaking loss last year to enter the Final Four at a 36-0 and record. I would they say that's went, a good recovery. <laughs> yeah, it went pretty well. And I think Notre Dame was up. They were probably up by like eight with a minute left. The game, or maybe even less than that, the game was over. Notre Dame had it won, and all of a sudden – they dribble the ball off their foot. UConn gets a three. Notre Dame misses the front end of a one and one. UConn gets a three. And it's like, oh, you had the champion down, and now you're going to let UConn, the, the best team, right back in it. So you just assumed. And when, when UConn forced it to overtime, you just assumed, well, they lost it. And this girl for Notre Dame, I, I don't, I'm sorry, her name's a little hard to pronounce, but I think it's Ogun Bowali. And she hit this step back game winner with one second left in overtime to beat UConn. So now I will say Gino Ariema and the and the Huskies are probably the best winners in sports right now with how much they've won in the past ten years. But they've had to become some pretty good losers because two years in mm. a row at undefeated they've lost to overtime step back game winners in the Final Four. Uh, That's tough. Uh, wow. Mm. So I guess wow. that could be the worst is just how they've lost the last two years, but. <laughs> Just my best is the women's game, what they've done with, they've moved it to quarters. They've gone with the shot clock. They've changed it to where it's, it's, a, little, it's a little less than the, the men's. I'm just telling you, it was fun to watch that game. It was my, the most fun I've had watching basketball was that game. So that's Absolutely. my best of the week. Very cool. L, you got a worst? You got a, let's, let's get a little negative here. Yeah, I had, to, uh, I had to turn down a job that I really wanted to do. And that's the first time mm. I've ever had to do that. And I felt bad all night. But it was the right decision. I don't know. It just, I hate turning down things that I enjoy. So that's my worst. That sucks. Mm. Hate yeah. that. Lift what you got. Okay. Well, is uh, almost getting in a fight at an Indigo Girls concert, <laughs> could that be considered a worst? <laughs> well, was, was there alcohol involved? Um, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Okay, so I mean, just I don't know if you know much about the Indigo Girls, but uh, but they um, are part of the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, so there is a large contingent of LGBT people uh, at a concert, and uh, at that concert in particular. And so um, it was a very intimate setting, and we're sitting there, and they're playing. Obviously, as I mentioned, an acoustic song and harmonizing so beautifully. And these ladies sat right behind me and we're just talking about, shit, I don't know what, checkbooks or boys or, well, probably not boys, but whatever they were talking about very loudly. Sure. And and um, and I, I finally, I, I turned around and I said, guys, there's a really great show up here. Would y'all mind just quieting it down just a little bit? And it? then I said, 
Yeah, I, I think I did, okay. but then I really messed up because because then I said, "Look, I'm not trying to be a dick." And Tammy has told me that if you ever say that, that means yeah, you're being, being a dick. dick. <laughs> and and I said, I, "Please just be quiet." So anyway, so they give me the look. I turn back around, and at the next quiet thing I did, I turned around. And I said, "Look, I'm sorry I came on so strong, but I appreciate y'all quieting down." And I turned back, and I heard the girl behind me go, "Well, don't laugh or don't do anything because he's going to get pissed." And Tammy had to pat me on the leg, just say, let it go, <laughs> let it go. So I'm just saying, I mean, to get perhaps in a fight at the Indigo Girls concert where there's a lot of people with a lot of different tolerant, you know, I mean, these are cool people, very open yeah. to many things. That was just my worst. Yeah. I didn't, so and I didn't get any you, are you, crap put in my hair from the back. Are you saying you're, you like, know, you're giving, like, you're... Saying you're the worst, like two thumbs pointing right back at you here, or no, no, I mean, they wouldn't <laughs> shut up. I'm, I'm not upset about I was trying to hear it was beautiful music. Um, but I'm just saying, my worst thing was almost getting in a fight with some women that might have kicked my ass at the <laughs> Indigo Girls concert. That I don't know, it just yeah. that was my worst moment. That yeah. was my worst moment. That's not so. a good moment. That's not a good moment. Anyway, what you got, bro? So for my worst of the week, I had the other day, I can't remember what day it was this past week, but I was getting into my truck and this woman was getting in or get, she was getting into her car. I think she was actually getting out and she was pulling something out of the back seat of her car. So she opens up the back door behind the driver's side. And I don't know if maybe she was parked close to me or I was parked close to her. But when she opens up the door. It bangs my truck. And oh. it wasn't, I, it didn't sound super loud. I kind of, so I was actually leaving the gym. I had headphones in and I was just took the right one out and I thought I heard it. And I was like, what was that? And I look over. Yeah. And clearly this girl looks up and she just has the big, she looked like a puppy that just crapped in the house. Like they know they did something wrong that you don't know. Like they're not <laughs> sure if you know yet, but she just had these big eyes and she was staring at me. And then she looks straight down at her feet. Uh, like she's going to just assume that maybe I don't know what's because maybe she, I've been there before. Yeah. And that's what, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, well, I'm just. And I thought it, it seemed like maybe she hit where the door handle was and not the actual truck. And I've looked since and there's no damage at all done. But I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to give her a pass because I know I've either probably leaving the bar or something before I hit someone's vehicle and not told someone. But I've also, I've also <laughs> yeah. had times where I've hit someone's vehicle and I'll, I'm like, moved my door to see if it didn't, if it didn't have any damage. And I thought no harm, no foul. They don't know about it. They'll never know. It's fine. So I was just going to give the woman a pass. But so my worst is you can, if you're going to go about, I'm not going to tell this person, I'm going to try to get away with it. You can't look at me right in the eye right after you banging the tr bang the truck and then act like you didn't do it at that point you got to come clean and she did she looked straight down at her feet and she just was hoping praying that i didn't say anything and i just went whatever backed out and left i just thought come on either own up and tell me or at least play it off better than that because if she would have not if she just went about her went about her business i would have thought oh, i must have just heard someone else shut a door somewhere but with the way she looked at me, I knew she yeah. what she had done. Don't you appreciate her? I mean, she was pretty honest and obviously felt bad about uh, well, it. That's what do you not mean? a bad she, thing. What she should have done as soon as she just, she looked me in the eyes, and when she realized, oh shit, he he's, he knows what I did. She just like looked down and hope I didn't say anything. If I'd have rolled down my window, I'm pretty sure she'd have been like, huh, what, what, and act and tried to play it off like she didn't do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I just was like, look, I've been there before. Mm. And it turns out it was just like I thought. It didn't do yeah. any damage. And I just thought, you, you either, you should have just, you, if you're going to play it off, play it off better than the way you did because that wasn't a very good attempt. Yeah. On that uh, note, let's yeah. get in, let's, let's get into it. the show. <laughs> and guys, it is a, it's a great time to be a sports fan yep. right now. So you got Final Four just happened. Yeah. So you got the championship coming up. Yes, and we're going to do a uh, a little uh, recap of the future event like we've already seen it coming up later. But we got that coming up. NFL, the news doesn't stop. There's always there's draft talks. There's role changes. There's all kinds of stuff. We'll get into a little of that later. NBA's getting about down the stretch to playoffs. And then it's Masters Week. One, as a sports fan, it's a, it's a busy time. There's always something on. But is there a busier man than Jim Nance? My goodness. Jeez. The NFL <laughs> stops. And one, he's with mm. Romo during the NFL. So they they blew up. They were killing it. Yeah. And then now he's calling all the Final Four games. And then he's going to go call the Masters. That dude just, he doesn't sleep. No he's rest for man. the wicked. Well, to, and to be fair, this, this is one of the better sports weekends. And thank God, because it does get a little slow here in a few, in a month or so. But... This is a great sports weekend with the with the Masters coming up and the final you know the final game is just finishing and I mean it's a great yeah, and sports so that's week what I wanted right to get on to Dad is you're out of the three of us you're the biggest golf fan I think sometimes I think you're more a fan of the stellar nap you get on Sunday afternoon when you're watching <laughs> the atmosphere the, the ambiance of golf. golf itself golfing is good sleeping sports I'm telling you <laughs> but I will say of all the of all golf tournaments the Masters is one that I'll I'll check in on and, and check it out. And that's, I wanted to see where we thought as far as sporting events, does the masters rank up there with some of the most prestigious and maybe the, a sporting event you'd want to go to as bad as playoffs or super bowl even, or I guess you're one? asking me. Yeah. And I would say, I, I, I would love to, to check off that I've gone to a masters. Yes. I would love to go to a masters. And part of the reason is, is, it's in Augusta, Georgia, and it's that time of year, and the azaleas are – it's just – I can't imagine what that course must look like. It is – I'm into that, and it's I, – I just – it's beautiful. You can tell on TV. So to see it in person, you know, as John yeah. Mayer would say, not by three by five, I mean, but to see it in person would be amazing. And I like golf. I mean, I think it is – I think it's the premier tournament of the year. So, yes, would I like to go to it as much as any sporting event I can think? If you could go to – a Super Bowl or a Masters, which one would you choose? Depends on who's playing in the Super Bowl. Okay. If the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. If it's most teams, the Masters. LJ, do you have any desire? I'd rather go see a, like, a local high school football team really? than go to the Masters. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, there you go. Just now, I get that with most golf events, but the Masters... I, the Masters is cool. I, I wanna, that's my bucket list to go one time. I want to go... At some mm. point. So, Dad, go ahead and get us some yeah. tickets, and you can leave LJ in Chicago. I'll go with you. LJ, have you ever swung a golf club? Ever? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you have. I, mean, I like, didn't know if you'd played not, any. Not on a course, like at driving <laughs> ranges and stuff. But okay. I play just enough to have an interest. I, I mean, that's... It's, I think it's it's reasonably fun to do, but I don't know. I don't I don't really have any desire to go watch somebody else play, you know, because like, you stand, like, by a hole generally, right? You don't, like, follow somebody around, or do you? No, you can follow. You can follow. The gallery, you know, follows players around. Typically, Tiger's gallery is the biggest one, and sure. they just follow well, what, him around and watch well, every shot. What people shot. will do is they'll, you, you, you can kind of, 
go to a hole in advance so you get a good mm-hmm. spot at that one when Tiger gets to it. Or you can try to follow around, but like Dad's saying, there will be a big following around mm-hmm. Tiger. Mm-hmm. Or- I don't know. I just I don't even care to watch it on TV. I don't know why it would necessarily be better for me to be there, except like to be in a beautiful place, but there are other beautiful places that are probably less crowded. I totally get that. Oh. I mean, I totally get that. But I'd like to go. Well, so, all right. LJ, you, you, you like some stats a little bit. So, speaking of, we brought up Tiger. <laughs> Since Tiger's recent fall and then his few failed comeback attempts, maybe this is, maybe a Tiger can, can finally be back. We'll see. But since yeah. since all of that has happened, the world has a new number one, and it's Dustin Johnson. And we've had the short-lived stints of the Rural McElroy, Rory McElroy era, the Jordan Spieth era. And I just, we, we want to tie I don't know that the Jordan Spieth era is over. I'm just saying. That, well. That you may be putting his demise in a little early. Well, so. I just want to, well, here's my main point is what I want to <laughs> get to is, and this is pointed out to me by... My boy Ryan Huntsey, we were talking on the phone the other day, and he just was like, go look up. I don't. He didn't know the exact numbers. He was like, go look this up. And so I looked up the stats for it. And I don't think we realized just how good. Like, we all know Tiger was amazing. Yeah. But we, I went and looked up. There, a statistician, Justin Ray, put this out. He came up with the numbers. And he ranked all of the under 45 golfers out there and their career victories. And at number one, who's 42 years old right now, is Tiger Woods. He has 79 overall victories. That's all courses. Okay. And then number two is just Tiger's World Golf Championships, which he has 18. <laughs> and then number three is Dustin Johnson at 17. And this is where it gets, this is where it blows your mind. Number four is Tiger in the state of Florida. He has 16. <laughs> number five is Tiger in majors. He has 14. <laughs> number six is Tiger in the state of California. He has 14. <laughs> and then Rural Ma- Roy McElroy comes in at 13. Tiger in Ohio, Adam Scott at 13. So it, it, <laughs> Tiger has more j- victories in states, like separate states, than these guys who we've wanted to be his replacement. And I think it just shows you at one point, it, more people my age, maybe, because I just knew Tiger was good. And then kind of once I've been more of a sports fan has been during Tiger's downfall. I don't think yeah. I realized how freaking good that dude was. Yeah. And he's still only 42 years old. He still has a lot of golf possibly left in, left in him if he can right. be healthy. So that's yeah. why this this year the Masters has my attention. As a lot of people, I want to see what Tiger can do, and it's cool to see that he's back in it and creating a buzz, and I think it's great for golf. I do too. Yeah, It's great for golf. Which I guess kind of makes me think a little bit, going back to that real quick, to the, to the UConn women's. I know some people try to say they're bad for the sport of women's college basketball, but we loved when Tiger was dominating golf. Why is it such a bad thing when there's a dominant team? It's got me to watch two of the best basketball games I've seen in the past year. Is watching yeah. UConn women. So well, and and wouldn't the argument be fair that Tiger brought some people into it and raised the level of golf? And what has UConn done the last two years? I mean, they've obviously raised the level of the women's game. Yeah, I mean, they've been beating the last two. I, were they undefeated last year? They were on they a hundred and eleven game winning streak. They were undefeated. I mean, reigning champs. Uh, well, that's what you do. You do a paradigm shift. You raise your game so much further up. 
and then people start the catching competition up. Has to rise There's one to exception you. to that. Does is Bob Beeman still on the long jump, or did Carlos didn't take that from him? Did it? I know this is out from left Ooh, field. We got oh, a history lesson know. with Lyft coming at us, wow. and I wasn't ready for it. Bob Beeman in like I want to say the '68 Mexico Olympics, like long jumped two foot further than any human wow. had ever done, and I still don't know that that record's been broken. To be continued. We'll look that up. We'll but to, that was an class amazing. Class we'll have to follow feat. up and and take that test with Liv later. <laughs> yeah, take that. We'll look it up. All right. So, LJ, I got a cool story, and I'm sure you've heard of it by now. But I got a cool story in your neck of the woods about yeah. Scott Foster, a 36 year old yeah. accountant, and Foster of the people, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this guy's part of. He's a 36 year old, and he's just a normal guy like you or me. He's an accountant in Chicago, and he's part of a crew of recreational goaltenders who the Chicago Blackhawks staff as in case of emergency goalies. And for the most part, yeah. the job is just you get a you get a sweet dinner, and then they put you in the press box, and he gets to watch, which I'm assuming is his favorite sport, and it's the best in the world. Play his yeah. favorite sport. So, pretty sweet gig. Yeah. But last week on Thursday, the Blackhawks lost both of their goalies, the one to food poisoning and another one to injury. So, cue up the accountant. They called out my boy Scott. (laughs) And not only does he get to dress up for an NHL game, which has got to be amazing for any fan of a sport, but he went out there. Yeah. And he played for 14 minutes and stopped all seven shots shot at him in the 6-2 victory. And he played incredibly. I'm just saying, like, that's that's would be equivalent. Obviously, he has like he actually has pretty good talent and is a good he's not an NHL player, but he's talented. So it's it's different than me in the NBA or NFL. Like, I don't have any, any right. talent anywhere near to even sniff that court. But to be to get called down to your favorite sport and not only play yeah. with the professionals, but hold your own. That's something yeah. that you'll take. And oh, I loved his quote. Well, he said, this is something that no one can ever take away from me. It's something that I can go home and tell my kids and they'll tell their kids and tell their friends. And it's just so much fun. It's the best experience of my life. That's just. I mean, the dude had the United Center chanting his name. Like That's so cool. Just. That is so yeah. cool. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and then and then he's an accountant in tax season, so he just went yeah. right back to work. Yeah, this is this is prime time work for him. Right? He's got he's busy and then not on his off time between tax season and doing all this, he's going down there and shutting out an NHL team. Hey man, what better way to kill some stress than to go have a shutout game in the NHL? Like, you know, just what would be the equivalent? I mean, would that Kevin, would that be, you know, you're sitting on the sideline and everybody fouls out in an NBA game and they say, Hey, can you stand in and you hit like three threes in a row? Oh, or something. So I was trying to think, and I kind of <laughs> thought maybe it'd be equivalent to the the senior at Michigan who, in the Sweet 16 game, he was a manager, and now he's a walk-on senior. And they put him in at the very end of the game when the game was over, and he hits a three in the Staples Center, which has got to be awesome. But at least that guy practices with the team. Yeah, He gets to dress out all the time. This dude sits in a press box in normal clothes, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey – we need you to put the pads on, man. We need you to get down He's here. He's probably halfway through a six-pack, you know, and they say, hey, well, come he on. Found out, he know? was like two blocks away from the stadium when he found out he was going to have to put on the gear to to be ready to go. Okay. Like, he, he didn't have any warning all day. Like, he didn't get to mentally prepare for, 
over playing professional hockey or anything like that. That probably worked out better for him. If they'd have told him that morning, hey, get ready, you're going to go in, he probably would have been kind of freaking out. He didn't have time to think about it. Well, it was interesting. He played hockey 15 years ago in college, and then he decided, well, you know, this isn't necessarily the way I'm going to pay rent for the rest of my life. So I'm I'm just going to, you know, drop out of hockey and start, you know, just playing recreationally. And he's been doing that for 15 years. And so he's quoted as saying, uh, you just keep grinding away in a men's league and eventually you'll get your shot. So hmm. keep that in mind. 15 years in a beer league, you'll you'll get to the one pro. day. That's, that's one what he day after us. playing that that beer league softball league where you're playing with a bunch of your grown mm-hmm. men friends. One day you're going to get called down to go hit off. Of- he went to the show. He went to the show and showed out. <laughs> so that's probably what <laughs> it would cool. be that. I think it, it would be like an MLB, like you getting called up to go pitch. We need a relief pitcher, and you go in and you shut down the inning. Three straight batters. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Just wild. Good for him. So, we're we're in college basketball season. A lot's going on with the, the whole FBI stuff and one and dones, and should they eliminate it? Should guys be able to go pro? And interestingly, one high school, a kid who's fixing to graduate, Darius Baisley, he was previously committed to Syracuse, and he was project. He's probably a one and done guy. He was going to go in, and in almost all 2019 NBA mock drafts, he's a projected top ten overall pick. And he recently decommitted from Syracuse and decided that he's going to skip college ball and go straight to the NBA G League, which is the new form of the D League. The dude, I mean, Baisley's a McDonald's All-American. He's a really good player. Would have been a good player for Syracuse and probably made a tournament. What What are your guys' thoughts on this? He's not the first guy to skip college, but he's the first guy to go straight to the G League. If you guys have gone overseas, I mean, what do y'all, y'all have any thoughts on it? I think it's awesome. I don't know. I don't really have a lot. I mean, I did look up because uh, you you sent me that that was happening. And so I looked up some information on it. And I think you told me that it was like uh, in the G League, he like the minimum is 75,000. Is that? Yes, that's accurate. Yeah. But but yeah, but they can make 275 uh, depending on the league. I didn't understand that. What well, do you mean? You can there? get different contracts like NBA teams can offer you 10 day contracts. And then you it, it, it can all change depending on how good you are. But you, so get, if you get called up. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, because you get different forms for because you get game checks if you get called up to the to the the show to the association. But the G League, yeah. if you get on the G League, you get a guaranteed minimum salary of seventy five thousand, which may or may not be less than old DeAndre Ayton got at Arizona. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but True. so what were you what were you saying, El? Well, I was just saying the the general argument for why or a, a thing that always comes up when the conversation of paying the college athletes is, well, they're getting something worth a ton of money. And so, you know, after seeing that number, that 75,000, I looked up how much uh, college tuition costs and it tends to be about $34,000 on average. So he's making enough money to pay for two and a half years of college in one year. So the value of the college education, I mean, if you can pay him that much, I, I just think that's a really smart way to get value out of yourself when uh, the NBA has got these rules that you're not allowed to do that. And what I found, what, and I'm with you to the extent, and I think Dad has said this before, and I totally agree with it. There is an experience that you get if he was, if he were to go to Syracuse and play for, even if he plays for a year, and they go to say they make a run and they're in the Final Four. I mean, some of these guys that have got to go, like Clayton Custer and some of these guys from Loyola, Chicago, who made a run to the Final Four. This is something they'll 
They they might not go to the NBA, but they're never gonna, they're forget. never going to oh, forget about this ever. And if Baisley's NBA career doesn't work out, he'll never forget about the time he was at Syracuse and they were won the ACC or whatever ends up happening with him. With that being said, I loved. I was reading a few of the quotes from Baisley. So apparently, he's been thinking about this long. This isn't like a spur of the moment random thing. He's been right. thinking about this for a while, and his high school coach that he's been with now actually played overseas when he was younger. So he talked about going overseas. He actually got in contact with a few players. Brandon Jennings, one of them, who went overseas and talked about it. And one of uh, Baisley's comments were, was that the G League will have the mo- more to offer him than college, and considering that it's a development league for the NBA, he'll get more out of that than going overseas. And then he's put, I love this part. He said, I'm self-motivated because I know that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is how I want to make a living and provide for my family. And I'm not playing any games with this. I'm attacking this straightforward and I'm going to the G League because college is a waste of time for me for what I want to do the rest of my life. So he's. Uh, we've mentioned this before. And like I said, I like a guy putting the chips all on himself. And he's decided that yeah. I want to play basketball for the rest of my life. And he's going for it. And I, it's cool to me. I yeah. think I respect uh, he is going for what he wants and he's going with his eyes open and he knows and how to get he's there. going to give it hell. Yeah. More power to him. Yeah. I hope he I'm going to try to keep up with him. I hope he makes it. I've me just too. watched a few highlights on him. I didn't know about him until this, but he was good. And the, the, he scored nine in the McDonald's All-American game. He'll be in the Jordan brand all-star game coming up, I think, next week. But he is. He's a six, nine guy. He can dribble. He can shoot a little bit. He's got some. He's got some serious talent. I'll be interested to see what happens with him. And then, more interestingly, depending on how this goes for him in the G League, there's going to be people that take note of it and either follow or don't. I mean, guys followed the yeah. Brandon Jennings route after he went. There's a few, then it didn't work out yeah. for some. Yeah, I want to ask, you brought up Brandon Jennings, and that's the last guy I remember that did it with some notoriety. He went overseas to attempt to uh, perfect his craft and get right. paid rather than go to college. And I remember – Seemed like he averaged, I, I'd looked up something like 35 points per game as a senior in high school. So, I mean, a mm-hmm. legit score. And when he came into the league, I think with Milwaukee, he was hot for a while. And I guess my question, Kevin, you probably keep up with this more. What? Where is Jennings now? I, I, I don't hear Interestingly, about him. Interestingly, he What's- signed a 10-day contract with Milwaukee, back with Milwaukee uh, about two months ago. And then they signed him to a deal for the rest of the year. So he's back in the league and he's playing. He's a, he's coming off the bench. I think that had more so to do with his demise in the because he was he played he was decent for a little while and he's still not bad. It's just his problem I mean, is he's a point guard. He's a small point guard and he's a total score first. He needs the ball in his hand to score and he's not okay. a pass guy. He's all about he's scoring with the ball in his hand and just in the way the league works now, you just need to be fluid passing and you can be that guy. That scores with the ball in your hands, but you got to be Steph Curry, or I mean, you got to really be able to score. And he quite just didn't quite yeah. have his volume score, and it yeah. just didn't work. Okay, well, he was good his first three or four years. I mean, Jennings was kind of a stud, and then it just he fell off, maybe because. Well, what I really like about the the thought of going to the G League is you see it with Ben Simmons this year for the Sixers. He went. I don't think this is a topic for another day. I think, but. He's in the running for rookie of the year, and I don't think he should be in the running for rookie of the year because he's got a year under his belt where he traveled with the team. He saw what the NBA is like. He sees what it, he sees the difference of an 82 game season, and that's the thing that 
Baisley's going to get that kids coming out of college don't get is he's going to figure out what it's like to travel to four games in a in one week and getting on commercial flights yeah, all grind. over the place and doing all the even though they're not getting paid like NBA players he gets to go through some of this and getting away from his family and friends and out of your comfort zone and some people I know Tyler Johnson is a guy who did what the Brandon Jennings route he tried he was a six ten forward and tried to go overseas and it didn't work for him as well because. He just he got overseas and got real homesick. He hated it. Came back. I mean, he just gets it's a, it's a huge. It's getting way out of your comfort zone. And so the G League's kind of that middle ground where you're getting out of your comfort zone, but you're not going to Beijing or some other foreign country where you don't even speak their language or there's no food that you can eat. Yeah. So I think my biggest thing with this is it really seems like Baisley thought this out, and this is what is what he feels like is the best route to, for him. To get to where he wants to finish, yeah. which is in the NBA, and I'm with you, Dad. I'll, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep up with him. I'm going to see how it goes. As well, I'm sure a lot of really good high school players. Um, I have a mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Uh, does if you get paid to play basketball, does that mean you are ineligible to ever play in the NCAA? Or could he go he back? Yes, he'll be done. Yeah, once right? he signs, in, yeah. which I believe he's already signed an agent. Once he signs his agent and gets paid, he can't go okay. back. He loses cool. his eligibility. He's no longer an amateur. Cool. Good to know for for you know my own future. I think. <laughs> Just yes, in case right. you're you're still an yeah. amateur in basketball, by the way. Right? Yeah. So no, I haven't still an paid, amateur. I have not gotten paid to yeah. play a single sport in my life. So um, <laughs> you, you can go play in CAA yeah. in any sport you want. I'm still that, eligible. That's good to know. That's good to yeah, know. I can. Uh, you know, quite frankly, I think I could too. Um, now that I think about it, <laughs> you know, maybe we should start. You know, we should all try to get out. signed to a. <laughs> we should all get signed to like a college lacrosse team or something like that. Just. To uh, use up our eligibility because I'd, I'd hate leaving that you know hanging hanging leave it on the table all right. yeah. <laughs> as interesting as our future professional careers are in sports we're gonna move on to some athletes that people really wanted to watch when that's the final four speaking of that horn we just heard did y'all hear the horns at the final four the shot clock horns and the substitution horns no oh my god it was the so there's always the I mean, shot clock heard horn. It, but. Well, there's always the horn, and they, they blow it for subs. But for some reason, these horns were different. Which is a lot like that one, right? That's yeah, the, but these yeah. were different. It sounded like the horn that's on my that used to be the same for my Honda Accord. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it was different or if these were more obnoxious. But you could they they usually blow it every time there's a sub or any kind of commercial, like the under sixteen mark or all these different marks. And I don't, I guess. Maybe it's because it's different, but I heard it and noticed it every single time. And for whatever reason, it just drove me insane. And I just I thought about it when I played that horn. And I was wondering if y'all caught it. Maybe I'm the only one. But it was weird. Yeah, not me. When I watched it, I was I was watching it with either the sound down or visiting with some good friends, so I didn't get to listen to the sound on the game. But yeah. I, I would have probably noticed it. Cause it just, I, I swear it. I heard it every single time. But Let's get on to the the action on the court. My first takeaway from, I hated to see Loyola Chicago, your local team, L. Yeah. Hate to see him go down. Yeah. But I will say, just a, the first thing I noticed in that game, that Michigan gold to go along with Loyola's maroon, very aesthetically pleasing. That their jerseys were yeah. so it was it was nice on the eyes. Yeah, true that. Hey, do you remember when they played Syracuse though? One time it was like the Skittles game. Oh. It was like <laughs> Michigan against Syracuse Orange. It was Is that not aesthetically pleasing. That would not be good on the eyes. But I wanted to uh, 
I think I'm going to go ahead and double down on some comments I made last week that I love a good upset, but I think you saw last week, this was the, if you look at Loyola's run in the tournament, they did beat Tennessee and Miami who are good, but when you get down to this point in the year, this point in the tournament, these are the best of the best. And you could tell in the second half, they just didn't have the horses to run with Michigan and they, they, they couldn't play with them. And that's why I stick with what I said before, where I love an upset, but at this point, I want good quality basketball. I mean, you're right. That other game was a lot well, closer. We'll get to that so. in a second, but that was, <laughs> they, that was you know, they had a barrage of three-pointers, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Hey, whatever. He just, he just talked I, I knew you, that dude. was coming. Yeah. I was already, I, I, when I had to stop burning my head, I was like, well, Villanova and Kansas didn't give me any, any, good, any good backup, but... What were some of y'all's thoughts on? I have some more thoughts, but I want to get, what'd you think about the game? Either one of y'all, the Loyola game. Well, you know, I I watched a little bit of it. I kind of finished, uh, but I looked at some stats. So I got to watch a little of the first half. What stuck out to me is the three-point field goal percentage for Loyola Chicago was 10%. They hit one for 10. Wow. Uh, Hard time. uh, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan was seven for twenty-eight, twenty-five percent, which is not great, but still, I mean, better than much. 10%. It was really an ugly game for the uh, first half. Both teams were jacking up threes and couldn't hit the broads, the red yeah. side of a barn. So looking, and then Loyola Chicago had seventeen turnovers, a lot uh, compared to half. eleven for Michigan. Uh, personal fouls, and this was going to be one of my questions because personal fouls, uh, Chicago Loyola had seventeen to Michigan's eleven. Ben Richardson took one. Count them, one three-point shot in the game Mm. and only four shots total. Now, I know he had four personal fouls, and I didn't get to see it. Was he in foul trouble most of the Uh, game? He played. From what I watched, he was in a lot. That's the thing about this Loyola team is I think we got – last week when Ben Richardson had that game where he couldn't miss from three, that's not like him. I don't – obviously, I haven't watched him all – like watched Loyola. I'm not going to act like I've seen all year, but I've kind of looked at – I've listened right. to some stuff. I've read about it. And that's this wasn't. It was almost an aberration. Their run, like they were a good team, but they weren't what they did the past four weeks. And so it's kind of a regress to the mean. Mm. And it just sucks that it happened to come when <clears throat> Mo, which no one, I, I don't know if y'all noticed, no one knows how to pronounce his name. I think it it's spelled like Mo what Mo buckets. <laughs> Mo Buckets is how you say pronounce Mo, his it's name. It's spelled like Mo Wagner. Buckets. I've heard Mo Wagner, Mo Bogner, Mo. I mean, he's a big German boy. And yeah, Mo Buckets, or what my nickname for him was Mo Entry Passes because he had a mismatch every damn time. <laughs> and then they realized 10 minutes left in the second half, hey, this guy's just the best guy on the court. Let's get him the ball. And he was Mo Buckets. You're well, right. He can step out right. He can hit the three. He can he can do a, a mid range shot. He can take it oh, down he's low. Got it he all. was he's got every guy. he's got a lot of tools in the shed and he can face up. He can hit a post shot. He can hit a three. He's good. How tall is he, Kev? 6'11". 6'11". 245. He's 6'11"? Yeah, he's a good player. So we're talking a Dirk-like player, right? I mean, I'm Dirk, not trying to put him on that level. Dirk shouted but... him out during the championship game. They're both German guys. I mean, right. Moritz, I, I was Wagner. impressed with the highlight. Wagner is what I've heard, but I, again, Mo buckets is what I think should stick. When they were <laughs> when like they it. were down ten with uh, in the second half with about twelve minutes or so left, that's when he turned into Mo buckets and just took that game over and ended up. I mean, took it over every missed shot. It seemed like he was grabbing. 
he was stepping out from three and hitting it. I mean, he just it, he took that game over. And by the way, while we're on names, another guy on Michigan who has one of the coolest names ever is Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahim. Yeah. Like that is a hell yeah. of a name, and <laughs> I like it. I agree. I like it too. Yeah. So the towns have cramps. I mean, towns didn't score. So he, you had towns. He like banged his knee Ingram. or something. Came out for a little bit. Came back in, but I don't know if he was fine. But Ingram was jacking up heat check threes left and right. He was he couldn't get him hot and kept trying to get hot and just couldn't. Well, hey, Crutwig. I mean, I, let me just your boy right, Crutwig, the Pit Snuggle Award winner. Yeah, he that he is the Pit Snuggle <laughs> Award winner. Crutwig is the guy. It's official. It is official. Put it in stone. He's the guy. He had a hell of a game. Um, he yeah. didn't match Mo Buckets. Close. He, I mean, he had, I think 17 he had 17 on points. 7 for 11 shooting. I mean, that dude was – he was playing his arse off. And it, and, a, and it was a sizable arse that he has, and he was playing it <laughs> off. Yes. You know, I had I had three mm. notes from Crutwig. One, he is the king of the pivot foot. I don't know if you noticed. That man will get the ball down there on the block, and he is just going to pivot and move anyone around with that big old butt that you mentioned. Two, <laughs> I guarantee you, if you look at his calves, they are giant because that is a 300-pound man. If you notice, he runs on his tippy toes the whole time. I guarantee those calves are giant. And then three, someone should have got him to play left tackle. That's a big man that is got some pretty good yeah. footwork. I think that dude could have been little history. Tall. Little history. Try throwing uh, over him here. Some of his post moves with that pivot foot reminded me a little, and I'm not completely, but a little like Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale. I knew you were going to say McHale. Well, McHale, I mean, was going to dip and dive and pivot and turn and and score. Is what he was going to do, and I think Crutwig. What I saw in the highlights, he he reminded me a little bit. He again, he's Mo, Mo Buckets isn't Dirk yet, and Crutwig is not McHale by any stretch. But there were some similar things in their game. For a freshman, though, I will say for a freshman, Crutwig has a future in basketball. I think I don't know if he's an NBA guy, but he he's he that he was going up against. Uh, Wagner, who's going to be an NBA player and is a good basketball player, and he held his own. So, <laughs> guys, I want to go. I I don't think it's possible. I think you're you're required to mention Sister Jean if we're going to talk about the Ramblers of Loyola Chicago. And I just want to say I did not get with the hate of Sister Jean. A lot of people were like, "Oh, this is ridiculous that we're talking so much about her and not the guys on the core." Blah blah blah. And I thought I thought she's a cool story. I liked. It. I thought that was just. People being crabby. Sports are supposed to be fun, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it. The players loved it. I loved it. Now, one thing I will say, she started, she got them to exit from the stadium whenever it was about four, three minutes left when they were down about 12 or 13, and she left early. And it looked like old Sister Jean was trying to beat traffic. And I'm just going to (laughs) say, if you're going to win with us and get all this hype, you better lose with this too. You better sit. You're, if she's going to be on the court getting hugged by everyone and getting a piece of the net cut off the final four and put into her hat, you got to sit here and lose with this too. Come on now, Sister Jean. That's mm. fair. That's fair. That is fair. I wonder why she left. I mean, hmm, I maybe mean, nature called. Yeah, there are, there are different realities for a 96 year old than for <laughs> most of the people in that stadium, but but still, that is a fair. Fair complaint. I will say, LJ, you mentioned it, and 
she gave up losing for Lent, maybe, and Lent was over. So we, we yeah. she probably saw this coming. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of tipped her cap to the big man and said, "Yeah, all right. Well, at least she, I don't you know. know I think I think what happened is uh is Scott Foster used up all the prayer mana in Chicago <laughs> for the last week. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> Fair point. All right, so to get on the other end, and I know LJ tried to use this to stump my argument about I want the best team still in it, but I still say that that game came out to be just Villanova did not miss. They went on two 11-0 runs in the first five minutes of the game, and before you knew it, that game was out of hand. I mean, did y'all have any other thoughts besides Villanova is freaking good? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to blame anybody for that game besides Villanova. Like anybody could have been playing against them, and that would have been tough to. Hey, so good. Good. Here's team. what stuck out at me from the the box score: assist, Kansas eight, Villanova twenty. Jeez. That I mean that stuck out. And, and what does Villanova do? And I believe it was Kenny or Charles or somebody that that called this out. And and to be fair, I had noticed that I hadn't said it, but. They space the floor so well all the time. And they got guys that can hit the three or take uh, Spellman. I think Spellman's an amazing player. Pascal, I love Spellman. He can play, he can be a badass. You know, he used to be kind of a a chubbier guy. He was a little thicker and he's lost some weight and got athletic and he has the touch. I think kind of him being what he used to be a thick guy and had to just bang all the time. And now he's got some athleticism mm-hmm. and touch. I think it's it combines to make him just – he still has that nastiness down low, but then he can still hit from outside. He was – and like you're saying, you know Daryl Morey and the Rockets were just – were loving every second of it because it's what they've been preaching. You space, hit your shots, and you can't guard a team that can – all five guys can shoot. And I'm just going to say, you were talking about what stood out to you in the box score. When Kansas attempted – their first three with 10 minutes left in the first half. They shot their first three. Villanova had already made 10 of them. Wow. Villanova tied That's the ridiculous. final four record of 18 threes. They tied that record with two minutes and 44 seconds left in the first half. They just – so that's what I want to go ahead and say, L, if that would have been – if Villanova would have been playing Loyola, then that game would have been a 40-point game in the first half. Kansas actually somehow yeah. still had a shot in the second half, only down 12 at one point. But he just it's like Jay Wright said, he was he said it was just our night. It was one of those nights where I think we're a really yeah. good team and when we hit like that, it's gonna be hard for anyone to beat us. And he's right. If they hit like that, you're just What sorry. And don't forget the last game they were four for twenty four on threes and still won the game. I'm telling I I have a hard time seeing them getting beat. You know, yes, I have yeah. a vested interest in them, but I'm just they are a great college basketball. Well, and that's player. what I I kind of really wanted. I, I thought you made a really good point last week when you said they've won because they all year and they also they broke the record for most three pointers made in the Final Four game, but they also broke the record as the most prolific three point shooting team in college history, making the most threes in one season. So they're a good shooting mm-hmm. team. But you brought it up last week in a game against a good Texas Tech team. They won by double digits when they weren't hitting their threes, so they can. Mm-hmm. When they usually are hitting, but they've even won when they weren't hitting. So that's when once once you pointed that out, I thought you know I just I don't see a team beating them because you're they've already had their off night and they've yeah. won. 
they're probably not going to have too many of those as you've seen all year. They don't, it doesn't happen that often. Well, and they got a coach, you know, we talked about a little about Tony Bennett and I, I don't know what they want to get back into that, but he can change his game plan based on what he's presented with. I think Jay Wright is yeah. one of, I don't know if he's on the Mount Rushmore of college coaches yet, but he, He's, 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 he's in the conversation. He's, he's chipping away at it. Phase into he, the sculpture. He, he, I mean, Jay Wright's legit. Um, what does Villanova stand for? Do y'all know? Somebody told me it. Uh, um, hey, I have no clue. They're, Jay Wright has definitely got that school is right there with the Dukes and the North Carolinas. And like we mentioned, Gonzaga might be in the Blue Bloods. Like Villanova is right there with any other Villanova's. team in the country. Well, and the reason I thought of Villanova and their name, so I, we spent a weekend. You know, I got. I think you guys know I was kind of out of pocket a little bit, of course. March is a crazy busy time for us. But we went to get Mexican food at Casa Manana, House of Tomorrow. What a great name for a restaurant. That is pretty cool. I just yeah. sh- shout out to Casa Manana in Little Rock. <laughs> That's it what was badass. Head, but it is cool. Whatever. Uh, Villanova, by the way, uh, Nova is Latin for new and Villa is Latin for town. So it'd be new town. New town. Well, it means good basketball, I think, is what it <laughs> means in Latin. So so real quick, I wanted to uh, – well, we're recording this, as we mentioned, we're recording this as of April 1st. So this is on Sunday. And the championship game is tomorrow. But we're going to go ahead, I thought – and we're just going to recap the championship game that has not happened yet. So we are either going to sound – some of these comments are either going to sound really smart or they're going to sound really dumb. And feel free to uh, call us out on our bullshit as you listen to this. But I'm going to go ahead and say after watching that championship game between Michigan and Villanova, the Omari Spellman and Mo Buckets matchup was fun to watch. That right there – is going to be a hell of a matchup. And the suit that Jay Wright wore in the championship game, <laughs> fantastic. That man dresses with the best of them. He's a good dresser. He is a good dresser. <laughs> and I want you, I, I hope you noticed in the championship game, Jordan Poole for Michigan, who is by, he's got to be the guy in that locker room. I, he's, he's fun to watch. Just watch his mannerisms. If you, if you uh, watch that during the championship game, that has already happened, but not while we're – Talking about it, but his shorts. <laughs> uh, he, you you mentioned a guy from uh, I think Kansas or Duke or no? You mentioned a Florida, Florida State, State guy shorts. My boy Jordan Poole wears some track shorts. Those things are tiny. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a long I'll distance have to notice. Huh? Okay. He's aerodynamic. Huh? <laughs> well, as 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 Dennis says, he just gets he, he's so much more flexible and can do so much more things in his short shorts. Yep, yep. Well, I think too, though, what you're going to, I think what we'll see Tuesday is, I think Pas- Pascal, is it Pascal, Paschal? Pa- Pascal. What's his, I can, it's like Paschal, but I think, it's pronounced Pascal. I think Pascal will be able to match up on Mo Buckets a little bit. I don't, he's not going to stop him. I mean, nobody's going to stop him, but I think he can, can give uh, Spellman a little break here and there. I think Mo Buckets is going to have more trouble against those, those two. And there's another uh, big guy that's, his name's escaping me for Villanova. Um, not Bridges. Bridges is kind of that Bridges three. three. Me, that, that, uh, Pascal and Spellman are the two that come to my my brain. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, I just think I think Villanova is going to win the game. I think they win it by I don't know if by double digits, but close. 
That would be my guess. You know, interestingly, real quick, out of the 10 guys that start for Villanova in Michigan, I believe seven of them are upperclassmen. And all this wow. era of one and dones we talk about, what wins in March is experience and good teams. And look who's playing in the championship. I just, yeah, I just found that, that interesting. Yeah. L, who, 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 won, who won Monday night's game? I mean, it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be, but uh, but Villanova <laughs> still pulled it out. So, Well, Jordan Poole, speaking of his short shorts, he went off in the championship game. And I want to say yeah, Jordan yeah. Poole's five threes is what won that game for Michigan. I think, I think wow. it was a big game okay. by him and, and Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rakim. God, I just I hope we I hope we get to say his name more often just because it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, uh, Chris Matthews, I think, was his name. I know it's Matthews from Michigan. He's a former John Cal Perry guy at Kentucky, transferred over to Michigan. Uh, he mm-hmm. he had a big Michigan. Just they surprised us. John, ba- what's his name? Bailey, the coach for Michigan. The coach for Michigan has now surpassed Tom Izzo as the coach in the state of Michigan. He is one of the top. That that coaching matchup of Jay Wright and Bailey were great, and it was it was a great game. You're was, saying after that championship win, yeah, and after he wins the cha- after he won this championship Monday night, uh, just great game, great win. <laughs> Think it may even get uh, the overtime victory for Michigan was it was fantastic. <laughs> overtime victory. Yeah. One guy you one time you guy you didn't mention is the deceptively athletic <laughs> Divincenzo Vincenzo. But Divincenzo, I think he's gonna hook up a little D on those guys you mentioned. Onions. So you didn't mention the deceptively <laughs> you know, athletic. He, yeah. Not only Vincenzo. does he win the deceptively athletic for uh his his skin tone, but he's redheaded too. And that man is redheaded <laughs> yeah. Irish guy who well, dunk on you, hit some threes. I love, I love me some DiVincenzo. I love him. I love his game. And that's why Villanova is going to be right yeah. back here after this loss. They'll be right back here next year with, with DiVincenzo's back, Spellman's <laughs> back. I mean, they got, they got some talent. Pascal will be back. They got some talent coming back. And, and, a, and a young freshman who's top five in the class. They'll be good. I'm just surprised we haven't talked about Scott Foster coming in to play center for Villanova. I just (laughs) Villanova can't Villanova didn't win and can't win because the city of Philadelphia, damn it, has just been winning too damn much and they don't need another victory. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, this just in though. Villanova's got a pretty good one guard named Jalen Brunson. We haven't even mentioned his name, and he will be playing tomorrow. AP player of the year. Yeah, he's he's not bad. Just FYI. Because he got overshadowed by Muhammad Ali Abdul Rakim. Abdul Rakim. So on to a little NFL talk, because it's never a bad time to talk talk a little football. No. The Giants are supposedly maybe interested in trading Odell Beckham Jr., which really I was talking to LJ about this, Dad. I think the report is more at the owner meeting that they had in, in New Orleans, where a lot of the teams were just happened to be in one town. The Giants were listening to offers, which if you're a smart team, yeah, I, you can call me about. If I'm the Packers, you can call about Aaron Rodgers. I'll I'll listen. I'll answer. I'll probably hang up on you, but I'll let you offer me something. So, yeah, LJ, would you entertain offers for Kevin? <laughs> we might be open. So, call in, guys. Any other podcast want to trade hosts? We can uh, let us know. That we'll entertain offers. <laughs> 
Appreciate it. Appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> so well, you got to listen. Gotta we'll listen. <laughs> well, so to, on that, if I'm my rule of thumb is if there's a guy who's a top five player in the sport, I would say Odell Beckham. Let's take quarter football's different, I think, because quarterbacks are quarterbacks and they rank differently than every other position. I would say Odell Beckham affects the game as any as much as any non quarterback does in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair. If you're a top five player in any league, one, if you're a team that has that, you don't trade them. Let's look at the NBA in the recent history. The Cavaliers traded Kyrie Irving. Doesn't seem like that was worked out that well. The return on investment wasn't great. When they traded Melo from the Nuggets to the Knicks, that didn't work out for the Nuggets. CP3 from the Hornets to the Clippers didn't work out for the Hornets. When you trade one of the best players in the league, you never get the return on investment. You just don't. Have have any of those players you just mentioned been allegedly smoking a blunt with alleged white powder on a table uh, with he an was, alleged call girl? I just am wondering, I mean, have any of those guys, been, have they been caught doing well, okay. that? I mean, have they had a picture on social media doing that? that I guess that's my question. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just... Yeah, that, okay, so that's the thing with Odell is the off-the-field maybe stuff and and what you have to pay to get to him. I, so knowing what, you, knowing what you know about him, Dad, what would you give up for Odell Beckham Jr.? Would you give up a first or two first? Well, I'll tell you one thing I'd give up because I read this article and it wound up being an April Fool's, but I'd give Des Bryant for him right <laughs> now. <laughs> you should have known that was an <laughs> April Fool's by the, the headline. Okay. I know. Well, I'm sorry, what's going on thinking. with Odell Beckham? I know, man, but I'm looking for what's going on with Odell Beckham. And it was like all of a sudden the Cowboys trade Des Bryant and I think a first round pick. And I'd, I'd do that. I'd still throw in Des Bryant, a first round pick for Odell Beckham. I'd do that I'd do yesterday. That. I'd do that. Yeah. I'd throw in Kevin. <laughs> Odell Beckham. Oh, wait. Des Bryant, a well, first round pick. Well, now the Giants, Kevin. if they weren't listening before, they are now. I'm just. <laughs> they're open. They're now. <laughs> they're now. That's exactly what they're missing in that locker room is a Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all missing. So yeah, I'd I'd give up something for him. He's a game changer. I mean, no, to get back for real, he he is a game changer, and he's worth he'd be worth giving something up to get, no doubt. Let I me mean, just look at we're somehow we're with the Giants are talking about how they they can still build a team around Eli Manning, and I'm just saying Eli Manning's career. I don't know if he'd still be in the NFL if it wasn't for Odell Beckham Jr. The last couple of years, that guy. Odell Beckham Jr. is yeah. really, really good. And if I'm – hell, if I'm the Browns, I'll trade that first or fourth pick for him, not both. I don't know if I'm willing to give up both. But I'd give up one and maybe next year it's first or second for him because I just think he's a game changer, I think. I mean, who are you going to get in the first round that's guaranteed to be well, that's OBJ? What, if you're looking, if you're looking at who you can get in the first round – there, I don't know if there's anyone in this draft that has the ceiling of Odell Beckham Jr. And you already know that he can get to that. Like it's not even a potential. Like you've seen him do that at the NFL level. These guys that you're drafting, sure they might be able to do that. But we've also seen guys like Mike Williams, who was drafted seventh overall last year by the Chargers, who didn't even touch the field barely. Like. Odell Beckham Jr. is a known quantity. You're not getting... But with that in mind, Odell Beckham Jr. is a known quantity that costs a yeah. lot of money. A lot of like, money. He says he wants to be, to be the 
What was his injury? Um, Anything that would linger? Is there any? Yeah, it could, but with modern medicine, I don't. It seems like those injuries don't linger as much for these young athletes. And the thing I would be the most worried about is I think Odell Beckham knows how good Odell Beckham is, and he is. Oh, no doubt. He has said that he wants to be paid as the top non-quarterback because I think I think they have come to the realization that. Quarterbacks are just going to get paid more than receivers, but he's going to go get yeah. his. He's going to get his money, and that's you're, you're going to have to pay him. But if I'm the team, I would who I really like, and I mentioned this to LJ is the 49ers. Go trade your first round pick this year. I think they have a, like a the 11th or so. Trade that, and hell, even next year's first round pick. You put him with Jimmy G. I that team they're they're doing something, and they drafted well last year, trading down and getting a couple of good defensive players. I. I would love, and I—he—he he seems like a I California like guy. I think, yeah, Shanahan would wouldn't. You saw what he could do with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Give him Jimmy G and Odell Beckham Jr. and boy, you're you're cooking with fire. Oh man, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Hannah would like that. Yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> yes, she would. <laughs> she a forty nine er girl. So, so yeah. real quick, I wanted to touch on Dad. I. LJ was ahead of the curve, and I think the kickoff. I don't know if you meant they mentioned some rule changes. The kickoff's going to be gone. I think in the next five years, maybe sooner. I I think maybe not this preseason, but the next one. They're trying. Well, what did it they out. say? I did see the headline where they're thinking of eliminate. I didn't read it. They're thinking of eliminating the kickoff and doing what? Or did they did they specify we're going to do LJ's idea? Say. Did they go ahead and just say that? Well, I sent Roger Goodell a link. Yeah, to our no, podcast, they didn't give me so. credit. Um, what? Okay, it, so does Roger listen? <laughs> I mean, Roger, you know, give Al some props. I mean, here he is. Well, and to be fair, it's Greg Schiano's idea. I didn't, oh, I didn't have right. the total idea. I just, I jumped on the bandwagon. But, um, yeah, no. Well, it's, so, Dad, it's, here's it's the, the big news that came out of Orlando so. is the NFL announced a new rule where, and it's for, it's to try to help with player safeties because concussions rose last year over the previous year. And they're, the new rule is you can no, they're taking the crown of the helmet out of the NFL. You can no longer, whether you're the runner, the defender, if you're off the ball as a blocker, you can no longer hit with the crown of your helmet. It's an automatic penalty okay. and can be a, uh, an ejection and suspension. Well, that seems a good which, idea. It's easy enough to do. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, there's no subjectivity. There's no subjectivity. I'm telling you, you're, there's going to be <clears> – <throat> Uh, defensive players, one, I know, well, a lot of players and took to Twitter after this came out because the NFL, and they're going to make this rule, they're going to come up. They just said that they announced the rule and they just said you can no longer lead with the helmet in any play. And it's going to lead to, they, they need to clarify the rule a little further because right now it's kind of unclear of what, it seems like you've made something. That's clear to me. Just a lot. It's a very general. But, and then there's going to be some suspensions, but some aren't suspensions depending on if That's it fair. seemed... Uh, if it seemed like they purposely were leading with their helmet. And and now yeah. I was reading Josh Norman said that he's he's a little worried because now you're just instead of ever going with the helmet, you're just gonna go with the knees every single time. Oh yeah. That's fair. true. That's fair. Because at least you don't get like because if you say you go and you're just trying to hit him and that running back now glows down and now y'all go helmet to helmet, you might get ejected and suspended. I'm just going to go over your knees. I'm sorry if I tear your ACL. At least I'm, at least I'm well, still playing. Well, now wait. I'd rather see a torn ACL than CTE, though. Uh, well, that's what's interesting I mean, is I, I think if you ask players, they'd rather a concussion. 
right now. Yeah, but well, that's that's that's. I mean, ask Ryan Shazier if he'd rather have a knee injury or be able to walk. Yeah, uh, with and ease. that's what you're. If you're the NFL, I think you're taking matters into your own hands and you're saying I'm saving them from themselves, which I get. I do get that. I just the game's changing, guys. It just is. Well, and but it, it's it's the, the old start. adage. It's the old adage, and we, you probably both will remember this. What was one of the tenets that we talked about in little league football? See what you hit. If you see yeah. what you hit, you're not using the crown of your helmet. Your face yeah. mask will hit them, and that's supposed to. I've always been taught protect your neck and vertebrae. So if we take the crown out and you see what you hit. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going for knees, does it? It's just I'm keeping my head up. I'm not putting my head down. Well, I think what happens is is that collision happens so fast, and you don't know what that other player is going to do. You may think you're going straight into their their shoulder, and then if Le'Veon Bell lowers his head, now all of a sudden you are going head-to-head. So you might just decide, instead of hitting that receiver going across the middle up high – I'm just always going to go at Gronk's knees because what if Gronk lowers his head? Then I'm hitting him in the helmet. If Gronk lowers his head, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> abort mission. <laughs> yes. Abort. Abort. That's going to be dangerous. Don't do it. <laughs> and I will. The game's going to change. The game, we'll the get game into is going to change. I think we'll learn it's more. Got, but it's got to. Yeah. It's got to. So. Yeah. I agree. But what's crazy, the craziest thing to me is we like the game's changing, and I don't know if it's necessarily – it's for the better, I think, safety-wise, but I don't know if it'll be for the better as far as viewing-wise. But it's not stopping people. There's multiple businesses are trying to start up different football, professional football leagues. Wow. Like People are trying to get into a piece of this pie. Well, the reason is is because there's, there's a little bit of a gap opening up. It's not because uh, – Football is obviously they see a the chink greatest. in the armor. Yeah, it's like you you're looking at the NFL and you're seeing them lose viewers. How can you make your league to where you pick up those viewers? Because there's money in those people, you know. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily saying yeah. the NFL's got something figured out. It's saying the NFL's missing something and I can figure it out. I don't know. I'll be interested to see what happens. I do, as we've mentioned, I think LJ is correct. I don't, and I, we brought this up. Me and LJ did before, Dad. We were just chatting. So, I'll just said if they're going to get rid of the kickoff, which I do agree this will happen soon cuz they're just they they clearly are looking at statistics on what plays cause the most concussions and they even they mentioned in their meetings the reason this headline came up dad is cuz they mentioned the most as LJ did, the most concussions happen on a kickoff. What do you get out of a kickoff? More often than not, a meaningless play. So, why would you have that in the sport? It's a very logical argument that LJ made and the reason me and you have kind of thought about it, dad. So I do think the NFL will eventually say, then let's take it out. And so LJ mentioned, I think, don't let me put words into your mouth, but you mentioned if they're going to do it, then they better put it, like change it to the rule like that, something exciting. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I think there's no way that that happens is because the NFL, I'm not putting any any belief that the NFL is going to make a decision for something exciting. They're just going to make it boring, and, and I just... I don't put faith in Roger Goodell to make the the, the right decision in that, and I think they're just going to take fair. it away. You have to do something though, because th- they'll take out the onside kick, you know. So then there will be yeah. no safeguard to uh, a beautiful comeback. Um, I still think I gotta stand, do something. I still think I stay where, as a traditionalist, I kind of want the kickoff to stay. But if you we're going to take the kickoff away, 
then I love L- the LJ's rule is the most as a fan. It's what I want to watch. I think that would be it would be cool to you always would feel like your team has a shot if you're saying give my quarterback fourth and fifteen. Yeah. Said that onside kick, I'm in. And so forevermore, it's known as LJ's rule. Scruciano. <laughs> it's LJ's rule. Start so, petition. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm good. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's get on. Let's take a left turn here. I kind of just, you know, let's do our normal little uh, what the random shit that goes through our head during the week. And, Dad, you mentioned something, and it was – you mentioned it. You asked the question, and I have no answers, and maybe LJ does. What the hell is silica gel? Oh, dude, I know exactly what that is. I actually, I, well, go ahead, L. I've got, so, I've got some uh, answers again, too. Of course, I'm the only one that has no clue. So, so, so this is kind of morphing into educate Kevin session. I think so. <laughs> we could always but, use more of but, that. Trust me. Uh, yes, I agree. So, uh, it what is moisture. silica gel? Tell me. It, uh, it's, uh, it's, it pulls moisture out of the air, and you can. Use it to make sure that, like, if you're shipping something and say it goes through Florida and that might be bad for the wiring or bad for the leather or something like that, you throw a couple of packets in there and it will keep the moisture level from getting so high that it damages the product. Um, mm-hmm. So is it? So, I mean, it's the little thing that says like, "Do not eat all over it," right? Yeah, yeah. do not eat. Well, just so y'all know how weird how weird old pops is, you like to collect silica gel packets, don't you? There's well, good reason absolutely, for it. Absolutely. There's good reason for it. I mean, I keep one in my back, in my little book bag, you know, that I carry around because well, it absorbs moisture. Here's and- here's another thing, a good reason to keep it anytime you get it, is uh, when you when you drop your phone in water, what do you do? Put it in rice. So, if you do that, there is a decent chance that starch will build up on the inside of your phone from the rice, and uh, that problem funny. will not happen with silica gel. So having having hey. excess silica gel is actually a better solution for saving I, a I didn't waterlogged phone. Did not know. Yeah. What dad, you had something to add to the to the yeah, more fun facts. Well, I mean, let me so so I did a little research on silica gel. Silica gel is a desiccant. Yes. Okay. Look that up. It's which is a drying agent, is is essentially what LJ said. It's it's actually silicon dioxide. SiO2 is the okay. chemical makeup. It contains millions of tiny pores that absorb and hold moisture. And by the way, it's adsorb with a D, not absorb huh. with a B. Interesting. It is, it is essentially a porous piece of sand. It's got a lot of little holes in it that absorb this moisture. It can absorb adsorb 40% of its weight in moisture. And did you know you can actually, it, it holds that moisture, but you can reuse it if you cook it in the oven at 300 degrees Fahrenheit, and for those that might want to convert that to Celsius, Kevin, <laughs> that would be 148.9 degrees Celsius. <laughs> it's actually uh, safe if you ate some. It says do not eat. You can eat it, and it mm-hmm. probably won't hurt you. Some of it is coated with cobalt chloride, which can be uh, harmful to you. Not all, but some is. So, yeah. I mean, you could probably eat silica gel and be okay. I'm not yeah. going to do it. One of the things I've heard um, is that actually that labels more for uh, children can choke on the packaging. I always believed that if you ate it, then like it would absorb your stomach acid and then you would be yeah, like, you just shrivel yeah, up. <laughs> that's what I always thought would happen. So, um, turns out now. Well, you just have to smoke a lot of cigarettes to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to, to kill, kill the, the toxins, toxins and, and smoke it out of your body. Yeah. Hmm. 
Right. <laughs> All right, but man. I keep it. I keep that. I mean, I keep that stuff. When I get the little silica packets, I throw it in the little junk drawer. And yeah, I try to now. In so, my book bag and stuff. That. Yeah, my so, suitcase. So to move on from your nerd out of silica gel, Dad, uh, you mentioned something, and I am. I, I don't know exactly where you were going with it, but I think I'm with you. Sitting in a warm chair that someone else has been sitting in. I find it very uncomfortable. Okay. It is. Uh, it's unpleasant. And and where this okay, is coming. That's where I up. thought so, you were going. But so, so recently, I mean, I had a little problem with my computer at work. And so somebody from IT had to come up and look at my computer. And so, I mean, I even thought about it when I got out of my chair because I've been sitting in it for a while and they got to sit in my chair and it's all warm with my body heat, which is kind of weird. But then when I get back in it yeah. after they get in and do their little thing. It's warm with their body heat. And I don't know. It's like a it's like a pillow. You know, I want my pillow cool. I mean, if if you sat on my pillow, yeah. I wouldn't want to put my head on it. It's just gross. Well, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't want right. people sitting on my pillow. I tell you, I end up with pink eye. So <laughs> I don't know about that. I just <laughs> I mean, you, you know, get pink eye from sit, sleeping on a warm pillow. Is that what? farts? You fart on someone's pillow. They'll get pink eye. Well, really? Pink eye. Well, pink eye comes from like fecal matter, and your eye is one of the common causes of it, which is why like whoa, swimming whoa, pools whoa, whoa, whoa. are pretty. Pink eye comes <laughs> from fecal, yeah, you didn't fecal know that? matter. That well, it's not there. I think there are other ways to get it, but my understanding is that's that's one of the more common ways that have you ever, have I've you ever only seen, had it twice. On and I'm saying it's or? other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, no, I'm saying there's fecal matter everywhere. Like, it's just like anytime. So <laughs> oh, here's something great. to me. Now I'm looking if at you, my readers. Whoa, if you, I'm just, you clean them off a little bit. Um, because if you smell something, then that means that that particle is in your nose. It, it's not like you're, sen- you're getting the sense of it through, you know, osmosis. Like that particle is in the air hitting your mm-hmm. nose. So just keep that in mind next time uh, you smell some bullshit. It's all around you everywhere. Speaking of speaking okay. of fecal matter, that's what <laughs> when when a chair's warm. I know it's just body heat, but I always just feel like when I sit in a warm, especially like a warm leather chair, that someone's just been farting in that thing the whole time, oh, and that's just yeah. I don't know why warm chairs are weird. <laughs> a warm bed's even yeah. weirder. I'd never yeah. want to get into like if no, no, like no. there's been times where like all of us like back at back at the. The duplex, we would sometimes, depending on where the the gaming state, like if the Xbox is back in one of the rooms or something, then someone might be like, while we're playing a game of Madden or something, someone's just chilling in the bed because you're out of seats. And I'll go back to to lay in my bed after I'm done, and if it's kind of warm, that's just, uh, yeah. that's just I'm, I'm going to let that air out. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I need it. Yeah. It's just, it uh, it's just body heat, but I don't know. I just need it. I need it to warm mm. out. So Yeah, it needs to breathe. Speaking of beds... I, I think I, I know where you stand, Dad. But how do you you make your bed every morning, don't you? I do. You know, I didn't start it till I was in college. I mean, I've thought about this a little bit, and and I think I did when I was in college because I'm in a dorm room. You know, so your living room is your kitchen, is your bedroom, and so if anybody That's comes in, I mean, it just your bed's unmade. So I started then, and I to this day, I mean, I make my bed every day. I can't stand. I can't stand getting into an unmade bed to go to bed. Really? Don't like it. Yeah. I just, I, I make I my bed every day. I don't day. make my bed ever. And I mm. prefer, like, getting into a made bed, you have to, like, pull out the sheets and kick them out, or else you're, like, uh, in a straight jacket for your legs. And, like, I don't I know. I will I, say I that. I, do, so I hate it when a bed's made too tightly. 
and my yeah. legs are like I, tied down. I have to like kick them out a little bit. But that's easy to fix. You just kick them out a little bit. You're good. You're gonna make it all. Uh, do it you all don't have to do it tomorrow. Yeah, or it could just yeah. Um, like why not just save yourself twenty minutes and also not be uncomfortable for thirty seconds? Like it's there's no loss here. But it does. I'm look uncomfortable better. all day long if my bed's not made. So I mean, so if you I'm don't just, make your bed, make if you don't bed. make your bed when you go all to right, work Mr. Monk. and you're not even at your house, you're uncomfortable about it. You're just sitting there thinking like, ah. Oh, my bed's a mess. No, I don't think about it while I'm at work, but as soon as I come back home and I see it, I'm like, Ugh, it's kind of like sitting in a hot chair. It's, 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 it's just, I'm, I mean, I'm not hating on anybody that doesn't make their bed. I mean, you can close your door. I don't have to see it, but I do. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's I fine. Do. I just, yeah. I make my bed. But yeah, but I, but there is like, I think for, yeah, when we had a studio apartment, uh, the bed got made more often than not because you're sitting there looking at your bed for most of the day when you're home. Like it's, Right. A big part of your yeah. life. But if it's in the other room, I, d- I don't care one way or another. Kev, so uh, what do you do? I think I would I would rather make my bed in the morning just because as... That means he well, does So okay. I always... <laughs> I do. No, I will. So if I clean up... Like just recently, I, I cleaned... Yesterday, actually, I woke... I was killing time before the championship or before the final four came on. So I started cleaning my house up, my apartment up. And I was, made my bed. I had it all looking good. And so for the next couple of days, I probably will make it. But... If I wake up kind of late or something and I don't make it, I don't. It does not bother me any getting into an unmade bed, and it it does say I can, if I wake up and I need to, I'm in a hurry. I just leave it unmade. It's not that big of a deal to me. The only reason I would I would like to have it made is because <clears throat> it looks nicer. But well, well, I do have one more fun fact that has nothing to do with making beds. Can I share it with y'all? Yeah, random thoughts. Share. All right. So this weekend, as I told you, I went hiking and uh, with my buddy, Dr. Doug, and he's got a German Shepherd, a 110-pound German Shepherd named Ginger. I, I mean, a lovely dog. I mean, just yeah. there's not a mean bone in her body. She's yeah. I, I fell in love with her. But so... I can tell. Oh, I, I loved her. <laughs> loved her very much. So yeah. uh, they have a small backyard. They've got one of those houses with not a big yard. I mean, they're they're our age, so no kids uh, in the house. So they've kind of downsized a little bit in small yards so they can travel and do things. But they got this big German Shepherd. And when she goes to pee, she she's 110 pounds. She goes a bucket or whatever. <laughs> so they don't let her in the backyard because it's a small yard. And I was like, what's up with that? And she, they said that. If a dog urinates in the yard it and and there's no rain, the ammonia will stay there. And if sunlight hits it, that's when you get the big brown patches in your grass. Yeah. So the way to fix that. So here's what I learned. The way to fix that, just get your water hose out, spray over the, the piece bar, spot, and it's fine. As long as so you then the ammonia of, goes into the runoff. I guess it just goes in the runoff or you, uh, uh, what you, not dissolve it, you... Uh, Dilute it? Uh, dilute it. Yeah, the solution yeah. is dilution. And so you just dilute it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> and, and, and no no big brown spot. And I mean, so that, this would have saved. Do you remember the, the back at the Monroe house, right? To the right of your back door, there was always a brown spot because during the summers, I would pee there 
As would multiple I. Multiple times a day. As would I. Yeah. I mean, the outside is our bathroom for a guy. I mean, it's just there's just <laughs> something about going outside to the bathroom. It's a lovely it's just, feeling. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is it better to go? Is it the freedom? You don't have to worry about peeing on the seat. I don't know what it is. I think it's but, because you have less I mean, damn if, rules with your bathroom rules. Yeah. I mean, if, if you sprinkle when you tinkle, who cares? It just goes wherever it goes. So <laughs> well, I mean, you and your sayings today, you're just on a roll right now. <laughs> Real so, quick. Spray it with water. Just spray it with water next time you do, and it should be fine. So, real quick, L, you you got an issue, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So, can, um, we, can we help you here? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. I really do. Um. So, Hannah and I are getting married. Uh, I I think you two know that. Um, <laughs> I've heard. And so we've got our wedding registry online through Amazon, and so. The way that I understand registries usually to work is people will buy gifts. They'll give them to you at the wedding. And then when you come back from the honeymoon, you start writing your thank you notes and send them out to everybody. Well, it being through Amazon, they can ship, they can ship our, uh, our gifts straight to our door. And then we have an Amazon box uh, dropped off at our door and we open it up immediately because, you know, opening your shipping packages is a good thing to do. And then we've got a gift that... Uh, I just, I don't know. Should I be sending thank you notes um, should, as I get these gifts? Should he or be should opening them now, the or should he have to wait until they're married? That's another good question. Is like, I, I, for one, I need to check and make sure that the that it actually shipped. I think because if you know something didn't ship, we need to deal with that immediately. Yeah. But shouldn't I maybe wait until gift opening time? I mean, full disclosure, I'm uh, recording right now on a microphone I got as a wedding gift for a wedding that hadn't happened yet, uh, and I. <laughs> Feels a little unethical to me, and I feel like I should write a thank you note to uh, to Memo because I really, really appreciate it. But also, like, I don't have the time to write a gift to everything that comes in as it comes in. I've got a lot to do, so kind of want to block it all out at one time. I don't know what's the what's the right thing to do in that situation. Well, well that big that ten pounds of bacon I was going to send you. I mean, I do hope you open it up. You know, <laughs> or like, that could spoil. Um, <laughs> that pig I was going to send you. For <laughs> <That> all <raw> pig. <laughs> the pig um, commits. I'm just saying. He commits. He's committed. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think you write. I think you go ahead and write your thank you note. I, I think, I mean, I really just as you get I think you do it as you get them because you're going to have to put that time away some point in time. But right now, pre-wedding, yeah. he's doing all the pre-wedding things that goes through. I mean, I don't know yeah. what goes through pre-wedding, but I'm sure there's a I lot mean, of shit that you have to do. We just spent about 10 hours writing up invitations and so and we've used up all of our stamps now i got to go to the post office to get just a couple more stamps to send out the four thank yous that i should have out you know like that that's a big time investment for something that i'd it'd be really nice to block it all together but again i mean i'm so i'm using a gift that i haven't i got it i got your answer nope here we go what's that you either write the thank you note the thank you cards as you open them or you wait to open them until the wedding, after the wedding, which is a tough thing to do because that okay, means so you don't open any package you get from now until your wedding, which seems kind of ridiculous. Right in our living room is just stacked with boxes for uh, another uh, 80 some odd days. I, I would but, I would add one thing. I think it's okay if you wait until after the wedding to write the thank you note. I do. I think that's okay. Make sure you write, jot down um, on a piece of paper somewhere. Like, Don't forget. The thank you yeah. But so you guys think, you guys think, Write the thank you card as I enjoy the gift. Is that is that kind of the way to do it? Best practice. I think that would be best practice. But 
It wouldn't be wrong. But it's wait. not unforgivable if I don't. Like I'm not unappreciative if I wait and do it all in one block or I something think, like that. I think if you're opening it and you're using it, write the thank you note. Because if you got the time to use, if you got the time I, to I use mean, the I, gift and enjoy the gift, you got the time to write the thank you card. Hard to argue with that. Great point. Hard to argue. Well with said. That. Well yep. said. Okay. All right. I got my answer. There you go. All right, and let's finish up. Right. Let's wrap up, guys. Uh, Dad, what do you listen to? Well, besides Indigo Girls, maybe Indigo Girls is the answer. Oh, well, it it absolutely is the answer. But I will say, and I hope is it. What was the guy at Kent State, Eli uh, Kraus? Eli Kraus. If you're listening, dude, I'm calling Krause. you out. So you said the best John Mayer album was uh, <laughs> Battle Studies. I listened to Born and Raised on the way home, driving home today, and uh, Born and Raised is a really good album. And it's uh, it's 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 you know something like Olivia. It's got uh, Shadow Days, The Queen of California. Um, love is a verb. Love is a verb. Uh, the uh, the guy with the submarine. Um, okay. It, it, you like you enjoyed the album. You you like that album. I, I'm just so so Indigo Girls. Closer to fine. I mean, I, we got that's going to be on the website. It is an all time song. It's a fantastic song. And then John Mayer, uh, Born and Raised. So it's what I'm listening to. I do think Eli mentioned that on his, like, he was like, if it had to it'd be one of these, if I had to choose one, it would be Battle Studies. But I do think he mentioned Born and Raised. Yeah, but he was wrong about Battle Studies. <laughs> Eli, I'm, I'm calling you out, dude. <laughs> All right, L, what you got? Uh, I've been listening to, uh, when I've got free time, I've been going on YouTube and, like, watching music production people uh, make music and just watching other people's process. And there's this one really good artist named Andrew Huang. And uh, he he's got some stuff out on Spotify, and it's it's really good. It's worth a listen. And uh, if you're interested in learning how to make, uh, especially hip hop style beats, the dude's very talented and very informative. So his YouTube channel is probably worth checking out. Well, too. and I'm gonna stick on some hip hop and a little some old school. Some uh, I've been listening to Outkast, Stank on ya. <laughs> I've been jamming. Ooh, because <laughs> well, I. I stank, stank oh, on you with an A. Stank on you. Stank that- on you. It's one word. It's just one. <laughs> okay. It's one big All right. word. All right. I heard. I think something came on just like uh, my daily mix, and it was Miss Jackson came on. So I just put the album on, hit play, and man, it was mm. some good stuff. I was just jamming. Well, that's what Andre Three K is like. I think the most underrated great rapper of all time. Well, I think. Well, this is a whole topic, but. Yes, agreed. And he's played his cards perfectly. And he, he, we don't get enough of him. But when you get a little bit, when he comes on, like all of a sudden he'll feature on a song on an album. You're like, oh, he gives yeah. you just enough to realize yeah. that you don't have enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Do you remember what that Drake song is that he he's featured the on? Real Her, I think. On Take Care? Maybe. It, we'll it's on to, Take Care. It's, yeah. But that's, that's what he does. Every now and then he'll just pop on. And you're like, dude, he's still so good. Right now, we have two potential winners in the Just Press Play Bracket Challenge. Jake the Snake is still sitting in first, and if Villanova wins, then Jake the Snake will take the crown, he'll win the shirt, and he'll win the opportunity, if he wants to accept or decline, come on the pod. But Cody Lewis is the person in second right now, and he has Michigan State winning the champ or Michigan winning the championship. So if Michigan were to win, like I said, predicted, then he will win the bracket challenge and you and he will now get that shot. So all that to be said, with all 75 of us that entered, I believe it was 75 or 79. 
think 75. Yeah. We have come down to two people, just like the NCAA tournament, and this game will decide who Mm -hmm. wins it. And it's been a fun year. I think it proved to me personally that I don't care how much I think I know about it. I don't know shit. And there's no way to predict this stuff. (laughs) And it's freaking crazy. So we'll see. uh, As of next week when we're recording, we'll know the winner of the championship. We'll know the winner of our bracket challenge. And it's been a fun year. Thanks to everyone who entered. Do y'all have anything to add? uh, I was going to ask, Pops, uh, can you describe, is this going to be a quality t-shirt or... Are we talking about just some like? No, no. I, I mean, I'm really proud of these t-shirts. They're going to be kick, kick ass. I can say that, right? We, we. Sorry, we do yeah. curse a little. Uh, but there, it's it's like 100 percent cotton, a thick cotton that you kind of <laughs> like. You know, it's that it's that shirt you go yeah. keep for a while. And yeah. um, I'm right. just telling you, I I think it's going to be something you're going to be be proud to wear. I mean, I'll be wearing one with you because, cool. well, because. Um, we're buying them, so, so I'm going to wear Just a one. little rumor <laughs> out there. Uh, I, it's not now, but just to other other Just Press players out there who may want a shirt in the future. They're not now, but there may be a future where you can you can get some merch. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. a distinct possibility, yes. So the kickoff I may, and get, I mean, this the is kickoff be, something may be gone, and you, we might have some, some merch for you to get. So I, It's going to be something you might <laughs> want. I mean, I'm just telling you, they're cool. They look good. So, all right, and that is going to do it for the three of us here on the Just Press Play podcast. We appreciate you listening and making us a part of your day. As always, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know uh, when after as by the time you have listened to this, we will either have sounded like idiots when we talked about the championship <laughs> game, or maybe sounded really smart. So go ahead and. Yeah, if you have anything you want to add or critique us on, just throw it in the in, in the comment section on Facebook or hit us up on our Twitter at JPP Pod. Or you can hit us up on our website. As always, anything we mention here as far as the music, if we mention the videos and stuff, we put it up on the show notes. I'm just gonna say, LJ spent some, some time on the show notes. If if you go back and look at show notes from previous episodes, there's just some good archival stuff in there. It's, it's worth checking out on the website. So we appreciate you for for me, Kevin, Liff and L. Allah. Peace. Holla out. Peace. Hit the damn button.